Thanks for persevering. I'm glad most of you showed up here tonight. In fact, all of you showed up tonight. Uh, but uh, uh, this is kind of, actually, it's a very special night that uh, I hadn't really thought about till uh, just the last day or two. But uh, this is uh, February 10th in uh, 2010. We started formally Prodigal. So this is 10 years, roughly, our 10-year anniversary. I mean, our eight-year anniversary tonight. And so... Uh, it's interesting. It took us eight years, and this will be the last PSG that you ever have to do, right? So uh, uh, we're changing formats. So I, I just want to tell you what's coming just a little bit. All you have to do, you can take next week off. If you have an issue, you know, call your leader, call us. We're not, you know, we're not out of the country. We're just, we just need a, we just need a night to train uh, our new leaders, and so, and our, and our, and our old leaders, and ourselves, because. Uh, we believe that life happens and is transforms in the closed groups. That's, that's typically where the rubber meets the road, in open group and in closed group. And we want to create more time for you to be able to, to, to really weigh in and, and, and with a community that loves you. Um, the, um, you need more time. So I'm going to change the lecture a little bit. And so realize, I want you to think about something, that you could walk in here and be totally unprepared not do your PSG. Uh, I know this applies to none of you in this room. Uh, not do your PSG, not be prepared, have the life swirl just in the chaos of your prodigal swirl around you. Uh, come to the lecture, go out and get a couple of things out of the lecture, maybe if you're lucky, and, and, uh, and have a discussion and still get a lot out of the prodigal. I, I really believe that's true. But here's the deal. If this revolves around Jay Burns's lecture, this will never reach the world, you know, because I'm not going to live long enough and I'm not that talented. This is not about Jay Burns. This is about God trying to get out of the way and show you who Jesus is, that he loves you and that he's the answer to all this. So, so it's, I think it was important to get started in Jay and Jenny that, you know, we, we, we were led kicking and screaming. It wasn't pretty at the start. We, you know, we didn't think that, that we'd have time for this and it's the greatest blessing in my life. But we got to make sure this works in Waxahachie, in Wichita, Kansas, and wherever it is, because there's churches that want it. So you're a beta test. Give us feedback. Um, we're going to take, okay, don't throw anything, but we're going to take away your PowerPoints, right? Okay, so because here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the handout that you got tonight. You got two weeks to look at it. That's what we're going to focus everything off, because you could do that in a church of 35, you could do it in a church of 350, and you could do a church of 20,000. If the church wants to have a lecture, we're going to continue to have lectures. We're going to have to continue to have some points, but I'm going to shorten that down to about 20, 25 minutes and try to have something meaningful for you um, and then get to your groups earlier so you have a good hour and 15 minutes to really talk about your issues. We're going to go over six simple questions, one a day. Make it your daily discipline. Read the stuff. I, everything is in there. There's not one thing in this 45 minutes that I talk about Maybe a story, maybe an antidote, but not much that's not in those lectures, okay? So over the next two weeks, you just read those handouts. You've been getting those every week, you know, and you've been filing them away. Some of you have been reading them. But now we're going to have to read them because that's everything we're going to talk about, okay? So um, that's it. So show up in two weeks, have the lesson read, have the lectures done because we're going to talk about those. I'm sorry, have the, lecture, the uh, message read, have the questions done because we're going to talk about the questions and then talk about you. So... Um, Give us some grace. We're, we're trying to figure it out. So um, tonight's about the new sheriff in town. We're going to probably lean into closed group a little bit because we're starting late. 
Um, but uh, I'll try to hit the highlights of here and not, not shortchange you. But um, this is called There's a New Sheriff in Town. And um, somebody told me that uh, a gentleman that came here a long time ago said, you know, I, I was with you until you got to this, this picture. It seems, it seems confrontational and combative. And I thought he was being a little oversensitive. But me, knowing me, I, people pleaser, I said, okay, maybe I'll look for a new picture. And so maybe that was it. And that was still a confrontational. And then I thought, well, maybe this is it. And then I thought, that has never been a picture of any prodigal conversation that I've ever seen in my life, just <laughs> sitting on a bed in Kumbaya thing. So that doesn't work. So I can't find one. We've got one maybe at the end that we think might work. So um, for, the, for the newcomers, who are the newcomers again? Just there and maybe one more. Okay, so um, the deal is, is that why would we need a new sheriff? Um, it's uh, basically that the old sheriff is not getting the job done. I'll tell you a story. I showed up one night uh, with my, uh, uh, we, we had told our kids, we set our kids down early, maybe a year or two before they got a car and said, if you ever um, uh, take the car out uh, and we find that you've been drinking, we'll sell the car. And so, uh, um, and uh, here we are, I don't know, a year or two later, whatever, and my son called me and said, Dad, I got a flat tire, and it was pretty close to the house, and I don't know, he'd ever changed a flat tire before. And so we went over there, and it was actually, he was, uh, uh, we were bonding and having a good time, and he was a little more talkative than, than normal. And so I showed up, and I had the sheriff badge on. I mean, that's what I do. I'm a parent. I'm a dad. I'm in charge. I had the sheriff badge on. And... Uh, I forgot that I had it on, but I had it on. I was showing up, and that's what we do as parents, and, and we're, in, we're in charge. And so uh, I was under the car with him at one point. We were just about ready to, uh, we were jacking up the, the wheel, and, and I smelled the clear uh, uh, fragrance of alcohol in his breath. And, and, you know, one of those moments where, you know, you've, you know where your body kind of floats up and you're, the conversation still is going, but you're, you're thinking about, oh my gosh, the ramifications of this and what's going on, and I got a pit in my stomach, and what does this mean to Jenny, and what does this mean to me, and who's going to take him to school, and, and it just, that's all I thought about as, we, as the conversation went on. You've been at those, everybody, I'm getting a ton of head shakes here, so that's, you get it, so, so that's where I was, and so I kind of sorted through what I was going to do and how I was going to handle it and what the conversation I'd had, and so um, uh, I we got everything squared away, and I said, get in the car. I want to talk to you about something. He gets in the car. I'd driven over there in mine. We got in there in the truck, and I said, look, you know, I, I, I know you've been drinking, and, and uh, I'm so disappointed in you, yada, yada, yada. And I went down the road, and I said, you know, you and your mom, and we talked about this, and, uh, but uh, I love you, and it would kill your mother, and so I'm going to give you one more chance. So that was the guy that's leading Prodigal, okay? So... Um, what happened was, is that he just realized the badge I was wearing was pretty powerless. And I had given him a ton of power at that point, and I had lost all credibility for being a decent sheriff. So let's talk about that, and I'll tell you another situation where maybe I did a better job. But it's, you, need a, you need a new sheriff because at that point, the old sheriff was not getting the job done. There was fear. You know, emotional, physical, you know, we, we uh, you know, we unfortunately, and for the newcomers, I, I don't want to run you off, but uh, there's truth here, right? This is, a, this is a game of life and death, and, and 
we don't have many deaths here. In eight years, I can think of four or five maybe. It's not very common in this group. It's a high-risk group in, in this room. And so we had one this last week, and, it's, and, it, and it shook us a little bit. And it, was, it always shakes us. And, and so um, that is a fear that, that can happen. But we've had, those, we've had those deaths when there's been, when they've been following a plan, and we've had those deaths when they've been enablement. There's, it's just God knows the number of our days, and that's what keeps me getting up every morning, that I'm not in charge of the outcome. But it's still a fear. It's, there's emotional fear. You're too close to the lawbreaker. You want a relationship above all else. You're putting the lawbreaker as an idol, and you let them, um, you let them break the law. That's not a sheriff that the whole town needs. That's not, a, that's not a sheriff your family needs. And the discipline just seems too hard, and you've lost a sense of purpose. Um, uh, you, you, real, you forgot that our children are not our own, right? They're our children on loan from God, and, and we're here to parent them well, to teach them responsibility, and let God deal with our children and children deal with our God. And we lose that sense of purpose. Some reason we believe that we're God, we want to be important. We get our relationship from there, and it interferes us from being a good sheriff. And we don't have a plan. I did not have a plan at that point. Are you kidding? I didn't have, I mean, prodigal was just not even in my, I didn't even know I had a prodigal. So I didn't have a plan. I mean, I didn't think about it. It was just the first signs of that. So I didn't have a purpose statement. I didn't have, I hadn't written that out. I mean, you think this all came about over the last eight years of this ministry. So, um, you know, I, I have to remember sometimes, well, you know, the so-and-sos don't have a plan. And I go, well, neither did you for you know, 55 years, you knucklehead. So, uh, the, but that's, I wasn't a good sheriff at the time. I didn't have a plan. I wasn't prepared to smell the alcohol on my breath, on, on his breath. Didn't have any on my breath. Uh, so chaos rules and safety is compromised, and that's why you need a new sheriff. So Tozer says, uh, I got about eight or ten guys I'll quote here, and Tozer's up there at the top of the list. So the reason why so many are still trouble, still seeking, still making little forward progress is because they haven't, uh, yet come to the end of themselves. Um, we're still trying to give orders and interfering with God's work within us, and that's we, we've got to hit our bottom. So this is what you do when you're ready, becoming the new sheriff in town. So if you realize you're not ready for that, then we just paint the vision tonight, and you just don't fret. It, it's taken us. It takes people several cycles. It takes people sometimes several months, sometimes several years, and. Um, God wants us just to be obedient and keep showing up. But um, we need to hit our bottom before we'll lay our Isaac down, set our boundaries, and then become the new sheriff. So you've got to do that. And you've got, in order to hit your bottom, you've got to kind of see yourself clearly. That's why community is important. It's hard to know um, that your breath stinks unless somebody tells you. I say that all over the time, but it's clearly the best vision I have for that. Uh, you've got to realize that you're not in control, your responsibility. And then you need to see God clearly, clearly that he loves you, he's good, he cares. Um, and, uh, so you, and you learn that through his word, through prayer, through community. And, um, you know, I just think about that time where, you know, you, you walk in here and, and, and you've known about God. You might have even taught God in, in, uh, in Bible study somewhere, but you've never really been on the playing field and run the plays. That's hard. And I just think of Job 42, 4, 5 says, My ears have heard of you, but now uh, my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. It's not an unhealthy thing to fall before humbly before uh, uh, the feet of a, of a God that's, that you should fear 
out of respect and love because of his love and sacrifice for you. Um, so the job description, if you want to become a new sheriff, I needed at that point, at, in that, that night at the truck, I'd, I had, um, I was probably at that point a worship leader, a deacon in another church. Um, I was, but I didn't know God in a, I didn't know God a hundredth of what I know him now. And I hope I can say that in 10 years about where I stand today. But that doesn't mean I've arrived anywhere. It just shows you where I came from. And, and, and I was somebody that loved God at that point, but I did not know him like I know him now. And, um, and I didn't have those experiences. Uh, this is hard to explain, but this is one of those... Uh, to me, it's like the chicken and the egg, and I don't know how to explain it exactly, but I hope I can get around arms around it. But knowing God means that at some point, you've got to step out in faith at some point and see him show up. And then if he shows up, you've got confidence to do that again. And in my life, that happens all the time. And I'm not bragging. It's just become, I just expect him to show up. I know he's there. I mean, I've seen it. He tells, he tells me he's there. And you, you go out in obedience. And so it's kind of like that thing that we did when we went up to wilderness with, with my son. And, you know, it's those things where you fall back and everybody catches you, right? The first time you do that, it's a little scary. And then you look back then, there's 10 people. And it, each time it becomes almost boring. You expect them to be there. You know, that's, that's how they're, they're going to be there to catch you. And I just don't know that if you never get out and you always have that fear, you can know God's word, but I'm just encouraging you to step out in obedience to, to, to know him. And as you experience him, it just gets, the, the, the ball just rolls and rolls. And your history with, oh God, uh, that's the second part of there. And then realizing the outcome is really not your responsibility. Um, the, that we control obedience, not outcome. And, and so um, if, you, if you fear the outcome, you're paralyzed. And uh, so uh, when do you step into the job? You've got to have a plan, and you've got to trust him completely. It's really simple. Uh, and if you don't trust him completely, um, you're just not ready. And it's okay, because all of us in this room, if you're not ready, we're either with you or we know exactly where you are. It, it just takes time. So, um, and what separates you from the rest of the people where we have hope is you're in this room and you're not out there on your couch in despair. So you're a step closer than 99.99% of the people that are still out there wondering, what do I do? So don't take despair. Just keep coming. So, um, and what I would tell you is when you step into the job is, I, I love this quote, rarely will someone change for an idea they will more often change for a relationship. I think about people that, you know, we train residents and we have, I've told you, we have a really, we're very blessed to have some of the brightest minds in medicine uh, come through our program. And um, when, the, when we say, well, they're, they're 33 years old, they're adults, they're never gonna change. And that is absolutely true. And I thought that for a long time. The only thing that I've seen people really change is for relationships. You know, a, a, a wife that changes them because of their love for them, and that's really rare, but really a relationship with Jesus Christ. That transformation 
is unique to change somebody. Once they're set in their ways, it's hard for an adult to change. And so I would change, I will change things I do. I will go, I will go shopping on a Saturday occasionally, not always, only because of her, right? I, but I'm not going because probably for any other reason. And so, uh, so this is a quote that I, that part, a key part of our ministry has just been built upon. And it's a quote that really changed my life, I guess, a few years ago. But I, I think it's just what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Uh, worship is either pure and excellent or it's, it's base and defiled as a worshiper uh, entertains either the high thoughts of God or the low thoughts of God. Um, for the reason, I mean, for the reason the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most important fact, the most predictive fact about any man is not what he at a given time may say or do, but what in his deep heart conceives God to be like. And to me, that's the deal. I mean, if if you don't believe God's who he says he is, you're in despair, you don't pray, why do it? It's a waste of time. If you know that he's up there and he loves you and you can trust him, you just look different than the rest of the world. And and I want to know what you believe in to act like that, to, to behave like that. So your view of God is important, and I think you need the right view of God to trust him in order to be the, the, the sheriff. And this 20-week curriculum is there's no, there's no magic to prodigal. It's just we're using and leveraging the incredible pain you're going through to get you back into the Word, to have you fall in love with a Savior who's been waiting for you all along, to have you know who God is, that He cares and He loves you, that you're not in control, that you need to get, let go of your anger, you need to forgive, there's hope in Jesus Christ, you need a purpose. And a, and, I mean, that's 20 weeks. And if you miss it the first time, saddle that horse back up and do it again until you realize that and you get the right view of God and you're saying, you know what, I'm ready to be the new sheriff and, and uh, lead my family well. Because the truth never, never changes. Uh, there's going to be a question about this passage in the handout I give you um, um, on hope. and says, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, he said, I'm the, you know, I'm the way and the truth and the life. But, you know, Satan's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So how does, um, I read something this morning in a Keller book. He said, you know, Satan doesn't come, Satan does not come at us with fangs that tear our flesh. This is Keller's quote, not mine. Satan comes us by whispering falsehood in our ears. Think about it. I'd run away from somebody that was chasing me with fangs, but if he tells me that I really have everything I need to be God, that God can't be trusted, that he's keeping something from us, he's really not good, how could he possibly know who you are, you little piece of nothing? That's how he gets us. And, and he's done it. It's his modus operandi. It's what he did to Eve. It was his first thing he whispered, and that's what he whispers to every one of you and what he whispers to me. When, when I'm trying to lay down the law on a plan, and he says, are you sure they know what they're talking about at Prodigal? 
are you sure that it's biblically based? If it is, do you really even think that God, is this just something to make you satisfied? Or can you really trust him? Can you trust God? I mean, that's the same lies he's been doing. So um, that's why we try to point you to the word because I'm not worthy to be trusted 100% of the time. I'm human and I'm frail and I try, but I'm a knucklehead. But I'm trying to get away. I mean, I'm just trying to tell you that that's Satan's plan and he's, he's incredibly good at it. And he's very persistent. So are you really ready? You need to, if you're ready to be, so let's say you're there. Let's say that, okay, I've, I've done it. I've, I've, I've drinking the, the Kool-Aid and, um, and I need to look different. And so as you deliver this, this, uh, this plan, so we've come all the way through this. We've gone, we've talked it. We started next two weeks. We're going to start with hope. We're going to walk all the way through your purpose and the, the Bible being reliable. We're going to walk through a whole curriculum. We pinnacle up to boundaries and consequences, not being codependent. You've got, um, you've got, uh, you know, you're ready to come up with a plan and lay your Isaac down and be the new sheriff in town. So you have cried wolf about four, 47 times. And so Every one of us, most of, not every one of us, that's not true. Many of us would probably, I hope, attach to the story about the truck because we've been there, you know, we love our prodigals. None of this, nobody's here because you don't love, I mean, you love your kids and you have a bad heart. None, you know, at all. But it's got to look different this time. You've, you've got only a few times where you can deliver a really good plan. And I would argue almost once. And so when you deliver this, it needs to look different. No anger, needs to be well-prepared, focused, simple, understandable. And then you need to ask forgiveness. You need to own your own enabling and not, and not leading yourself well and not trusting God. Uh, you need to own your own idol worship and poor example of priorities. Now, um, I'm not going to read that in the sake of time, but and, and I ask you not to look at it right now. You can, but... What I did there is just to help to you. Sometimes people will go, I've, I've, I've been to so many, uh, I've been to several, well, a ton of, uh, of, of uh, just meetings with parents, you know, and so what would it look like? And I'd say, and so we've talked about that, well, when you're ready, what do you do? And so I would rattle something off and they'd say, hold on, hold on, let me write that down. Let me write that, I want to say, <laughs> let me write that down. And so I thought, okay, I'll write it down. And so... This is not magic. I just put a template in there that you could change a thousand times over. You can use none of it or a little of it. It's in, it's in uh, your, uh, your handout for tonight. On, on, uh, not the one on hope. That's for two weeks. But the one tonight on, uh, on uh, new sheriff in town. So it goes something like this. It, it would go something like if you had your parents, you'd say, uh, son, I want to uh, ask for your forgiveness. You know, my heart's been in the right place but I have not led you well. Um, I have told you to follow God. I have uh, taken you to church, but I have become angry when you failed me. I have not uh, modeled that I believe God has you. I've tried to save you. I've tried to rescue you from your pain. I have not shown you what reaping what you sow looks like. And... I'm not overly guilty because it was just because I loved you so much. But I forgot what love really should look like. So I want to ask your forgiveness that I haven't, see, I haven't sought a wise community in this process along the way because I was afraid what they'd say. But going forward, 
I now have figured out what it really looks like to love you because by rescuing you, I have told you that you're not capable. And I believe you are capable. So from this point forward, I just, I just got messed up and I got sidetracked. So here's what I want you to do. Will you ask me, well, will you forgive me for doing that? And you need to get a response and then you need to say yes. There's just some catharsis about that. And then you just need to move forward and say, okay, uh, from this point forward, uh, I'm going to uh, process our decisions with wise counsel and biblical counsel. I'm going to give you to God, um, and I believe he has you, and I believe you have everything capable to do it. Let me go over your plan, something like that. And it's, it's a little bit more wordy in there, but it's, it gives you all of the options. So you should have something like that and be ready. Um, and so one thing you need to do is Satan will attack. Almost always he attacks while I'm on vacation. I don't know about you, but, but every time I've got a good trip left, that's exactly when he, when he attacks me. So, and the more I spend on it, the, the, the more he's there. So, um, but you, he will attack, so he'll be, be, uh, uh, be ready and have perseverance. Um, and God says, I love those who love me, those who seek me, find me. Nahum 1 7, the Lord is good, a refuge in time of, of trouble. He cares for those who put um, their trust in him. So he promises us that if you seek him in this issue, he'll, that you'll find him. He promises you that he's good, that, that when you're in trouble, you can go to him, and all you got to do is trust him, and he'll take care of you. I mean, so he, that's either true or it's not true. And, um, and so uh, just don't assume the role until you're ready. Because the ministry is safe, but it's not comfortable. That means we understand if you roll under a truck, you smell alcohol, and you, you blow being a sheriff. We get it. But we're going to tell you you blew it. We're going we're to totally um, understand, and then we're going to move forward. This place is safe. If you're going to battle that kind of traffic that you battled tonight, you don't need another social engagement. You need people that love you, that tell you the truth, and say, let's take that hill. Let's, let, let's learn from each other. Let's, let's speak truth in love with no judgment. It's safe, but it's not comfortable so that you can go back to, to your church or this church and lead some ministry or lead, help us lead this ministry. Do something, right? This is, God's got so much more than where you are right now. I'm convinced of that. If you think you're, this is all you have wherever you are in your church and in your spiritual walk, if you think this is as good as it gets, you have no idea how big God is. None. He has so much more for you, I, you just can't believe it. So my responsibility is that I'm just trying to, to point that out, that, that there's a lot of responsibility on me. It says in the Bible, as teachers, on your leaders. If you teach in your own church, there's responsibility on you. And so there's no judgment in here. I'm just, this message is just to say, hey, man, let's take the hill. So these, these verses are all in your handouts. I'm not going to read every one of them, but, you know, um, Ezekiel 2.4 says, the people who I'm sending you are obstinate and stubborn. That's you and that's me. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, and whether they listen or they fail to listen, for their rebellious house and you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and live among scorpions. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they're rebellious. You have no idea how these lectures and these messages and these words that I put on those pages that have changed over the years. Because I'm a people pleaser, I want you to like me. It's just how I was raised. And, and, um, but I think it's a long race. <laughs> and I think if you speak truth, 
That's where relationships are built. And I'm not going to do you any favors by saying it's tough. There's no truth tonight. We're just going to go grab a beer. And there may be a time for that, right? I'm okay with that. But, um, but there's a time where you speak truth because, because that's, that's where we take the hill. So um, uh, another verse. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. My point is we've got to put God above all else, our, our kids included. Uh, so um, the other thing is you can't look in a mirror and walk away and immediately forget what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives us freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed. My point is, is that it's, it's hard to get to prodigal. I mean, the Olympics are on. The, there's always something on. Um, I remember, why am I here in rehab and my prodigal's out there living it up? I get it. That's the hard part. The other, the other part, once you get here, then it's, it's, easy to, it's easier to stay here and, and be, be motivated by people who are taking the hill to, to, to commiserate in where we are, at, to be in community with people who know you and love you. Um, and, uh, but at some point, um, we, we, have to, we have to step out and actually act and actually run the plays. And uh, I, I love this verse. It's convicting. But 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, I mean, God knows our hearts. He knows how hard it is to get off high centers. He says, mark this, there'll be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money without self-control, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. It's not about coming and showing up and learning. It's about taking those things and applying them. And the, being the new sheriff is the ultimate application of that. So um, I'm going to skip this one. You, there's all in there. So I think being a good sheriff is a believer who's in Jesus Christ. I, I, as I said, if somebody comes in and we always ask the questions on our, on our forums about where you are in your faith and... and, and, and um, and it's not because you're not accepted if you're not a believer. You're welcome here if you're an atheist or whatever. Uh, the problem I have is I don't know how you do it <laughs> if you're not a believer. I don't know how you give your, give your prodigal to a God you don't know. Because if, if you don't really believe in God, you've got to be God. And I just don't know how you do it. I, I, I don't get it. So... I, I don't have an answer outside of that. So I'm hoping you're welcome here so that you would maybe come to see the wisdom of, 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 of uh, the hope that we have in Christ. I think you have to be intimate with Christ. Remember, I don't know that you're going to be a good sheriff if you, even if you believed and you know intellectually, it's hard to change without that relationship, without the fact that you know that he loves you and that's your full identity. If, if, if you believe that, you're bulletproof. And then a good disciple is, I got this from, from our pastor here, a senior pastor who did a sermon one time on being submitted rather than committed. And, um, and so let me talk to you a little bit about that real quick. So 
his verse, his, his, uh, some people seem to get a lot out of these two definitions when we give this lecture, so I'm going to review it. It's, it's in your handout. So committed means you tend to follow the rules and act out of a motivation to perform and compete with others. You're committed to the task. Um, submitted means you maintain a posture of humility and dependence on Jesus. You abide and walk in the Spirit. Not, not rule followers, but humbly following the king that loves you. So it looks like being committed is that you'd say, I'm going to partner with God. God's my co-pilot. Um, the goal becomes the end because you're committed to winning. And then the, and God helps you, helps you succeed. And then you put the work before you put the relationship and the worship. And your identity is in your, your works. Even, even getting your prodigal healthy and out of trouble can be an identity and, and, and you, you find some self-worth in that. The desire to secretly share glory with God. And if you think I'm above that, you are absolutely wrong. Um, I, we, I don't know if you do, but I fall into those things sometimes. I really do. I mean, I'll do something, and I th and I actually start out on the right path, and then I realize that I got a little credit for that. I'm kind of a big deal, you know, and it just breaks my heart. But if you're submitted, God's the boss. You're not a co-pilot. You don't even deserve to be on the plane. And 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 the and the goal is just showing up. That like I love for newcomers, and they're just blown away. When I was doing newcomers, my favorite thing was to read them the Oswald Chambers, and he says. What we think is the is the, the 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 process God sees as the end. In other words, He's got the outcome. You want your prodigal to come home. You want everybody in your nest to be healthy. And I mean, you can't control that. So if you're here tonight and you've screwed up and you've 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 enabled and you've done whatever, guess what? Lord, you fall on your knees and you say, "I am a knuckleheaded sinner. Forgive me." You take the step tomorrow in obedience. It's everything he asks. That's all he's asked you to do is just be obedient today. You don't have to worry about the outcome and the, and the bills you have to pay and the heroin addiction. It's overwhelming. Right where he wants you. Humbly at his feet, overwhelmed, just being obedient today. That's, that's where he wants you. So success is God's agenda. Um, uh, I mean, having success is not a goal or a win. It's being faithful to his will, showing up every day obedient, worshiping continually. Your identity is in nothing other than being loved by God because you win. If you're loved by God, your eternity is secure. You've got joy, not, joy now despite your circumstances. God shares glory with no one, and you love it when he gets the glory. So if you're committed, you do good things and you're submitted, you yield that fruit to eternity. If you're committed, you little laugh less. If you're submitted, you laugh more. If you're committed, you become judgmental and legalistic, and submitted, you have a ton of grace and forgiveness. You're unoffendable. You're committed, you have time with God, it's just another thing to do. Your, your, your daily walk is a checkbox. 
that if you're submitted, your time with God is life itself, and the Word becomes a treasure to you, uh, not uh, something you have to learn. It's a treasure. If you're committed, you come to God when you need Him. If you're submitted, you live with Him and abide with Him continuously and process all your thoughts and actions through Him. And if you're committed, you rarely find that rest. But if you're submitted, you lie down in green pastures. And a good sheriff is submitted, not committed. And he prioritizes obedience over the outcome. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. So um, I'm going to skip that and just say that the, the, the picture that I found as a good sheriff looked more like this than anything else I could find. And that is someone humbly committed to the word, being on the same page, and knowing that the outcome is, is with God. So uh, I know this is hard, um, and, uh, but it is a, uh, the end to a, uh, our 13th time through the curriculum. Uh, so maybe 260 lectures. We're going to make a change. But for those people who are ready to be the new sheriff, you know, talk to your new group, uh, talk to your group leader, uh, make sure you have the right plan, um, and let us help you. And if not, then show up in two weeks, have one, have one week off, and uh, stay in the Word. If you have a problem, let us know, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, but let's pray before we part. Lord, I just thank you for um, the message that you have for us tonight, that, um, that uh, you love us that uh, you know it's hard being a sheriff, uh, but you're not asking us to have a perfect plan uh, that will end inevitably because of its perfect nature end with a perfect outcome. Um, all you're asking us to do is to um, depend on you, uh, know that our identity is in you, and uh, just show up every day uh, knowing that you've got us and you've got our back. So uh, help us to sheriff in that way. Um, in Christ's name I pray, amen. Have a good night.